Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Welcome back, everyone. Here is Federico Plantera, your usual host of the Digital Government Podcast. And today we're going to talk about Timor Leste and essentially how to develop public services in a place that is not only remote, but that essentially has no internet. Uh, or at least where getting access to internet is rather complicated. This is not a entirely new uh, venture, let's say, in terms of uh, in terms of topics that we're getting into. As with eGovernance Academy, we have already talked about, for example, uh, the development of uh, digital government in other remote areas of the world, even like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And this time we also go a little bit back more into that area of Asia between Indonesia and Australia to talk about the small country and to talk about what is happening there, we have Piret Sarte. Piret Sarte works at the Governance Academy as a senior expert on smart governance and she has more than uh, 10 years of experience in uh, e-government and as an e-government expert. So Piret, you're new on the podcast, but welcome. Hello everyone, and it's uh, it's good to be here. I'm so excited. Some, uh, I'm always uh, looking for new experiences and this is definitely it. And the core of this new experience is, first of all, to tell me and also all our listeners what is happening in Timor-Leste. What I have said already is, let's say, the geographic, uh, the geography class, you know, introduction. Uh, aside from the geography class introduction, um, what is happening there? Why is Timor-Leste developing e-governance? Like, why do they need it? And uh, essentially, how was your experience there so far? Well, uh, Timor-Leste is an amazing country. Um, it's it's nice to be there. The nature is just breathtaking. Uh, but when we go talk about the project itself, Timor-Leste is quite a young country and also a small country with population 1.3 million, like in Estonia. So they cannot afford a very, very large public sector. And they have to think how to cut the costs or be efficient when we talk about governance in general. And also they have a lot of uh, remote rural areas and quite bad connection between capital and villages during the rainy season, for example. But, but people still need to uh, need access to the government services. So it was a huge challenge for the government. And uh, the decision was uh, to decentralize the service provision meaning that uh, the public services must be uh, provided close to home so people don't have to travel one day to Delhi to register birth of the child, for example, or to get the new driving license. And uh, this is why uh, with uh, cooperation of UNDP, uh, the government of Timor-Leste wanted to have the feasibility study. So what would be the best model of one-stop shop uh, in Timor-Leste to provide services to citizens. We were very happy to, to be part of the project and to analyze what can be done, what are the challenges and and how the pilot could look like. The project indeed was about um, elaborating a study to develop the public service centers in uh, Timor-Leste. And after all, no, when, you have done, uh, when you have done the work there and you have participated in the team as an expert, uh, more specifically on legal frameworks, no, you also had a team that obviously was not just like coming, you know, from Estonia or like from abroad there to say, you you have to do like this. But in any case, also with the cooperation of local experts, uh, then you were able essentially to indeed elaborate and release the study. So uh, 
in the end, what is the, what have you noticed, at least from your own point of view, no? What have you noticed, let's say, that could be done or that could be the way forward in such a type of country uh, in terms of developing e-governance and uh, public service centers? Uh, so what we have, what we learned during the project, because we also looked at six uh, different countries and their experience, how we have built a one-stop shop, uh, Bangladesh, Cabo Verde, um, Kazakhstan, for example, um, Sarawak in Malaysia, also Estonia. Um, so and Vietnam. So what we, we uh, learned is that building one-stop shop, it's not like a one-time project. It is an evolution. You start from uh, providing information about services. So you just talk about the rights, what people can and can't do, what kind of services are available. Uh, so this is the first level of, uh, of um, uh, one-stop shop. Then you start providing this information in one place. For example, um, it, it can be called like convenience stores, a single window. So it means that, for example, if I want to apply for business license and I have to go to one, two, three or five government entities, they are at least situated in one building. It was done in Kazakhstan. It was done in Capo Verde, for example, called Citizen House. So you go there, you still have to open uh, um, several doors, but at least you, you travel once. So after that, you develop uh, your services further and you start provide uh, single door services, meaning that I as a um, client, I don't care how many ministries or authorities are behind the scene because I only talk to one of them, uh, one of them. And uh, they talk to each other, they verify documents, they verify data, they exchange data and I receive the outcome. Is it the license? Is it the certificate? Is it some other document or decision? It doesn't matter. And then fourth and last level is the portal, the integrated portal with semi-automated, automated services, where I can apply for something, I get the decisions back, I can verify information and so on. So it means that you start slowly developing the public services, but you, uh, you have to remind that digital by default means that digital is a channel, one of the service provision channels. Uh, the same in Timor-Leste, the same in other countries, because you, your user groups may need also the analog channel or the physical channel. So you, the challenge is how to, how to go there or how to get to those people who can't come to the capital, for example. And um, there are good examples how to do it. For example, in Kazakhstan, there are mobile service buses, meaning that once in a week or in a month, the bus goes to remote village, collects the documents, and uh, next time you get your document back. So this is something which oh, wow, could work in, <laughs> yeah, this could work in Timor-Leste as well. And this is also what we, what we suggested that uh, sometimes it's difficult to explain that the why you can't uh, have everything uh, done in a day. Rome was, wasn't built in a day as well. So it means that you have to... Uh, I can school. confirm. <laughs> Not because I was there, but, but because I went from Italy. I can confirm. Yeah. So you can see it took time, but uh, the outcome is amazing, right? Yeah, pretty um, nice, I would say. And also what is important to, to think of what kind of services have to be provided in at what level. So you can have the the complex service centers in the capitals of the region or in the capital of the country. You know, issuing passport in village center, it can be quite challenging and it's not wise because you need technology, uh, knowledge, um, 
also uh, specific skills to do that, that it can be quite expensive. So if a person applies for a passport once in a 10 years, okay, going to, uh, to the capital, it can be okay. But if I want to register birth of child, I, ca- I should have be able to do it in my village center. So you have to look at the services and, uh, and uh, then decide, um, should I go to the citizen, to their home? Or uh, is is there is it reasonable to ask them to come to us? Yeah, and also you know you made the example of the of the bus. That, that's what I was saying. And maybe like to many of our listeners, and maybe like also to myself or like to uh, our experts when they go to countries like this, it could look you know as a a bit of an exotic solution, let's say, or like something a little unusual. But at the same time, maybe optimizing let's say the delivery of services in general to citizens pertains mm-hmm. also to understanding what are the specificities of a certain place no and what is the best way to deliver services even using you know this sort of like mixed way uh, mixed modes of uh, of actually delivering uh, services to users and citizens ultimately one question that i would ask you and that also builds upon your own personal experience work experience in the in the past is in Timor-Leste in your opinion developing public services digitally is it more a matter of uh, technology and availability of technology or rather about optimizing let's say and intervening on the business processes that are behind the ultimate delivery of a service like which of these two aspects did you see that maybe was, you know, like prevailing or that deserved a bit more attention in order to get to the outcome of delivering services to citizens? So first I have to apologize to our technology team, but I have to say that technology comes to, uh, as last one. Oh. So the most important is actually to work with the processes and the business side. Not meaning that the technology is not important. I don't want to say that. And we have emerging technologies which we can use and smart technologies. Uh, that, that, that's, that's all important. We would never say but that. Have... We, we, we cannot say yeah. that. <laughs> they, they, they will not hear but... this, uh, this episode. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, you have to change the mindset of the people and the service providers because it means that citizens are not there for us. We are uh, providing services for them. And uh, and you have to change the business. You have to change the thinking. And uh, when you when you actually understand what uh, users need, then you can start building a service. And this is the last step. So uh, the challenge has been changing the mindset, answering the the question. Uh, but why why do we have to change something? It has been like this uh, for ages. Um, I was uh, when I worked in a Ministry of Justice, and I was a service owner. I asked the same things from business analysts, that, well, it works. Why do we have to change it? It's in the law, but the laws can be changed. And um, it it cannot be an excuse today. At least I don't believe it. It can be difficult, but as long as you can explain why the change is needed or what is the value coming out from the change, you usually get people on board. It may need explaining uh, time, but it is possible. And as my colleague once said, and I like to quote him every time I can, if the digital or changed way is as difficult as the previous one or as the analog one, people won't start using it. But if you provide them the value, something they benefit from it, then you have also people on board. And one peculiarity about developing a digital government in an area like Timor-Leste, 
but okay. also like in other areas that, uh, as I said in introduction, we have addressed before, for example, with with Ep Martin when it came to Tonga, or that we addressed with Hannes Sastok when it came to the when it came to the Pacific Islands, is exactly the challenge of developing. You know, rather some sort of like a hardware, <laughs> maybe let's call it this mm-hmm. way, like a hardware challenge, which is um, maybe the topic of technology and like which technology to use to deliver services ultimately, yes, like comes, let's say, mm-hmm. further down the road. But then there is in any case the topic of actually just plain and simple access to internet. So what is the situation in that sense in Timor-Leste? Because uh, according to, let's say, the, the, the brief chat that we've had before, so in Timor-Leste, the internet is not widely available in the same way as it is not in other countries. So like the availability of internet, uh, just to give some context, what what does it depend on there? Um, um, Most definitely the geography or the remote areas. It's very, very expensive to to, um, build or, or put down the lines or cables. Um, um, they depend on the on the 4G internet, uh, the satellite as well, and uh, what I experienced myself when it gets cloudy, you don't have internet, so the weather has to be sunny. To, to, Unfortunately, to, to it's not like in Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true, but uh, but yes, as I said, the government has uh, priorities in place, and they are focusing on building uh, building the infrastructure and of course technology as an enabler like the score enabler of, of digital governance it is the the most important one as, as you mentioned and uh, and you have electricity you have internet um, they have projects going on and uh, they are working on it and also they have those mobile operators who are interested in in providing internet service and about 50 percent of population has some sort of connection connectivity but but it is a challenge uh, also price wise or cost wise so how you can afford internet to people or can you provide internet which they can afford for example the same question has been in armenia so if internet is in, internet is there but can i can i afford it so so this is important and um, and government also has to check the what's the market situation but in this sense, that's where, for example, also the, you know, the, the topic that maybe sometimes we mention and, you know, sounds to, to some, it may sound a little, uh, how to say, too airy, like, uh, or like foggy, like the one of international cooperation. And we say, ah, international cooperation is very important, but it is actually very important, especially in, you know, uh, bootstrapping a little bit the development of some of some countries with the help of maybe you know like bigger ones or like international organizations with resources mm-hmm. um, even in the same let's say geopolitical area and for example in that case as I, as we said Timor-Leste is in between Indonesia and Australia you know? and Australia is somehow in the picture of mm-hmm. helping to develop internet there um, but this, I think, is connected to another topic that we uh, that we have hinted at in the past, which is, for example, the one uh, still talking, you know, about the topic of hardware and uh, getting access yeah. to internet of the submarine cables, you know? and so also of the issues that are related to that. So, what, for example, needs to fall into place in the right and nice way for Timor Leste to have internet in terms of international cooperation and the context around? 
Wow, that's a very good question. Thank <laughs> um, you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Australia is uh, supporting them uh, with the with the submarine cable, and it means that uh, there is a possibility to 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 link to it. But uh, the international donors, also UNDP, they are focusing on supporting how to distribute it because it doesn't help much if you have the connection only in, in Delhi. You have to have it in other places as well. So yes, cooperation with uh, donors to have the clear plan how to do it. I'm not talking about only the last uh, mile. We are ha- talking about the, 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 the previous miles as well. So, so yes, uh, assessing the needs, which have been done as far as I know, and... Um, uh, having the good plan and also in parallel starting to build the government information system because you actually have can do it already you don't have to wait until everything the the infrastructure is there in all places because you you can start building the portal you can start building the system but you still have to think how 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 those who who can't benefit from it have to work and in, uh, when you have the connectivity, when you have the systems in place, the technology, you have to work with the digital skills as well, because the capacity is also a big challenge. So if uh, people are not used to work with systems, they don't know much about cybersecurity. It is not. I'm not referring to Timor-Leste. I'm talking about all the all the all the countries. Even Estonia, we have to focus on cybersecurity daily. In, in all institutions and uh, and in private sector as well. Um, so this is also a challenge and it also has to be in place to actually benefit from the from the internet connection or 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 the systems which can be developed. Yeah, and this topic, this aspect, let's say, or like this take on cybersecurity, this angle to look at it, is also something mm-hmm. that um, I remember we uh, have uh, introduced, let's say, as a topic when it comes to uh governmental or like national digital assets no so for example like topics of infrastructure development or like international cooperation that can develop infrastructure that paul timmers uh who's also a member of our board uh mentioned for example in the in the e-governance conference of last year in terms of indeed like the digital assets that governments need to put focus on and attention on but since it's a topic that in any case establishes, let's say, some commonalities between countries as a challenge to develop internet and deliver the public services. Before you have mentioned, uh, I remember if there were like five or six other countries that you looked at uh, when finding points in common with um, what to, what is the situation in Timor-Leste and what eventually to do about it. And uh, my last two questions to you for uh, this episode of the podcast uh, one are, uh, one is about commonalities and the other one is about, um, let's say, a little like wrap up. Let's Getting to the first one is what did you see in common between those countries on the existing situation? And uh, as a consequence, what is a lesson, if we, if we may call it that way, that can be then generalized a bit more, you know, just abstract from the from the context of specifically Timor-Leste, but that countries like Timor-Leste should keep in mind when uh, when embarking on projects like this. Mm-hmm. Well, what was uh, what was similar? First of all, the the wish to provide good public services. The the political will is there. Just uh, the question is how to do it. So what we saw or or what 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 I read about is that there there is a need to improve the quality of the service because people were not happy 
People were not happy because they have to travel somewhere. There are a huge amount of papers coming uh, back and forth to the to the the ministries or to the agencies. So the need or the wish to to improve the user experience, cost efficiency, and uh, and act as a good service provider. It is there always. Uh, what was similar uh, also uh, remote distances, low budget. Uh, the uh, way how to find uh, the most uh, effective uh, financing model, the one-stop shop. Each of those countries have their own. For example, in Bangladesh, they have private-public partnership where private entities provide the service in in in, in the, the offices or in the one-stop shops. Uh, it may not work in some in all places, but but there is a need to find a model. It it can be different, but uh, we have we can learn from 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 other experiences. Uh, they also struggle with uh, connectivity, so they have to find smart solutions. Uh, they struggle with digital um, divide. People who are part of the vulnerable group, for example, they they also wanted to provide service for them. So I'm talking about also the service buses if people can't go somewhere. So I think these are the common criteria which which um, which are similar to to all of all these countries. Piret, to wrap up this episode, then uh, I would say that the last question uh, could definitely be, is it then possible or better developing public services in a place with no internet or with hardships, let's say, in getting internet connection? Is that as well a digital government development project? Meaning... Uh, delivering public services in areas which are in any case affected, if we may use this term, by, for example, a certain geographical complexity or um, other in any case um, issues that might, that might hinder uh, users from accessing service, public services when they need them. Doing that, even in a place where internet is, cannot be taken for granted, cannot be taken you know, as a basic right, like for example it is in Estonia, even constitutionally speaking, uh, then... Uh, is that still a digital government development project? Of course it is. And I'm glad you asked it because um, we are just talking about the channels. People see the channels. How can I reach the government? In some cases, I have to do it by going somewhere or meeting some someone in the city center or village center. But um, it doesn't mean that back office cannot be digital meaning that the systems which government uh, government officials are using because government needs to make decisions based on the data and you can't have the good quality data when you have papers in archives so you still build the government uh, um, systems you sp- still build the re- register services because you use the data in digital form but you just uh, you have to be wise and you have to think how you can reach the users and uh, then all this, what we talked already, uh, comes uh, into picture as well. So yes, most definitely, these are digital government projects. Uh, uh, governments um, must uh, invest and focus on how to create the systems which enables them to uh, make good decisions. They have to focus on data quality as well and data management and and build a capacity to provide uh, the best services ever. Piret Sarte, thanks a lot. <laughs> For joining us today for this very interesting episode of the podcast so thank you very much for having me here have a nice day thanks also to all our listeners 
that's it also from your host. And uh, as Spirit already anticipated, the only thing to uh, the only thing left to say is enjoy the rest of your day and see you here at the next episode. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday. <laughs>